You are now tuned into the R2 Sense Podcast. So I've been thinking, you know, like on social media and just in conversations, it's a lot of back and forth about men being trash or trash things that men do. And a lot of Me Too um, things going on, a lot of women always calling men out on being trash or just behaviors that are not accepted. But I'm almost certain there has to be just for balance because I'm just a person who who's who thinks about the opposite side as well. I always wonder what are things that women do that men deem to be trash or unacceptable because I just feel like um, we don't really hear them speak on that too much. You know, so so from just from a man's perspective, what are some things that you've experienced with women that you think are just behaviors that need to be done away with? Um, I think for me personally, I would say um, categorizing is um, sometimes very hurtful um, due to the fact that there are so many men who actually strive to to be, you know, the good example mm-hmm. and, you know, be the the person that they feel as though we actually, you know, should already be. And because we're being categorized as all being the same, um, there's no affirmation to continue fighting that good fight as a good man. And mm-hmm. it becomes an issue for most men because it's nothing to look forward to when you get back out there and give it another go to try to find a woman to match your, you know, persistence, match your, you know, drive and work ethic. And it's just hard. You know, I don't think that it's intentional on either side to you know, look at each other and say, like, you're worthless. Mm-hmm. But I think that ultimately, because you have no example or you have no um, no course of knowing what is being communicated in some of these statements, that's just how you end up feeling, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part. I do feel like I don't see enough of it. I don't see it in a, in a way to where... You hear it and then somewhere along the lines of, no, let me go back. I think that when you hear it being said, when you see like certain improvements on a man's part, you don't hear women say good job, but they'll continue that same narrative of, oh, well, you think you're supposed to get a pat on your back because you did one good thing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like... So you're just going to just stick with the narrative because that's what's comfortable. Like you're comfortable in being hurt. You're comfortable in being the victim victim Mm and telling this same story. It'll be different if we heard you say, you know, keep up the good work versus you done a good job. You know, because at least you're acknowledging that there's still work to be done. But I see you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would be even acceptable if we heard that, but we don't get that either. And so I think, you know, it becomes a um, modern day battle, you know, between the sexes. Like, you know, we're trying to figure out, well, why should I do this for you if it don't even seem promising? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't see no potential in any of it. And I don't want to, you know, disregard any of the women who have this as a story. But that thing of hurt people, hurt people. Yes. That becomes the narrative because here you are being hurt. And then you're, you know, putting this hurt and putting this bitterness and putting these disappointments into the atmosphere. And you're ultimately hurting the person that actually wants to love you to a point or a position where you see things different. I agree with that. Um, 
But I do think that, yes, there are a lot of hurt people out here, and I don't really know how many of them are willing to admit that they're hurt. Yeah. Because on both sides, I, well, coming from with women, what I see in women, and a lot of times men are trash, that either is coming from personal experience, just bad experiences, and have not really had a good experience so they have a hard time seeing anything different than what they've experienced. Mm-hmm. It's either that or that and a combination of being a product of their environment when maybe you're in an environment where all the women around you are bitter right, and right. angry. Now, I've seen that in women where they are just surrounded by nothing but angry women who spew negative things about men Mm -hmm. and then combine that with their negative experiences they have a hard time seeing well this just might be the type of men that I've been with and not to say that it's acceptable because I really don't think that it is but that's where I think it comes from and then what I've also learned in some experience of my own and having conversations um, when I'm hurt by somebody I don't like to take that out on the next person. Mm -hmm. I have been in a space where I said, let me take a step back from dating. And it actually, you know, took almost five years before I started dating again. Like, no sex, no dating, no nothing. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to take that long, but, you know, I just took the time that I felt I needed. And in that time, I also went back to the person that hurt me to say, you hurt me. And this is how you made me feel. And I don't want to put it on the next person. So I need to direct this to you. Wow. You know? And um, in doing that, he began to explain to me his own experience and becoming how he is because of the hurt he felt by a woman at one point. So it's kind of like, but that doesn't make it acceptable. And he owned it and said that he's been, you know, in life trying to make amends for hurt he's put on other people. But he never took the time to stop and think about how he made me feel. Right. So I don't know if it's just a matter of having to learn how to direct. And and another thing, it took two years before I was able to say this to this person because one, he didn't make it easy to communicate. It was almost like, I don't know if it was embarrassment over the situation that we had or what, but it was like he was dodging me. And then at a certain point, I just said, you know, fuck it. I can't chase and run down closure. You know, I just have to find that peace within myself. Right, right. But then in order for me to really move on, okay, well, you may not want to physically talk to me. That's fine. I'm going to send you a letter and write it out. So I wrote out how I felt, how he made me feel. And I sent it to him in a Facebook message. We were not friends on Facebook anymore. I did not have his number anymore at that time. I was not about to pull up (laughs) where I know you to hang out at and be at just to say this to you or drop off some letters. So I just sent it in a Facebook message and then I got an instant response. And then from there, that's when he said, can I call you later and we can talk about this? And that's kind of how that went. But I think that if people were able to have these type of conversations, then maybe it could help them get closure. They need to move on. Um, but I do think that is very unfair and encouraging men more. I do hear that a lot and not even just in that regard as far as... Um, you, you hear about how, why should I praise you for doing what you should already be doing? Right. But it's almost like, well, I mean, sometimes people need, I don't know why, but some people need more encouragement than others, and it costs nothing to right. just give it, you know? So. But then, too, um, of course, not to devalue another person's you know, circumstance or story, I do feel like a lot of these women in modern-day feminism are living vicariously through the bitter. You know? It's very possible, yes. You, you know, you want to, you want to just feel something Mm -hmm. that, you know, could be very well one of the many transgressions that 
we as men have for leaving you to feel empty, but what can you expect from another empty person? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if, if here you are saying that men don't deserve any affirmation, they don't deserve any compliments, no rewards, no anything. And then you expecting a result nonetheless. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to to find a a happy medium for all parties involved. And with me being a man who definitely tries to be mindful of all of the things I do in regards to a woman, well, a woman, because it's like a, a teachable moment in every aspect of womanhood. Like you find that you can't call them female because that's degrading. You, you know, it's always something that rubs them the wrong way. And it's not always the intention to do that. And so it's just hard to even deal with women, you know, feeling these things and feeling this hurt. And when we ask you to explain it to us, help us to understand, it's met with so much anger. (laughs) Why should I have to keep explaining this? Because I still don't get it. I think that, see, when it comes to that, and just like anything, and you know, feminism in itself to me can be very, very tricky. Um, To me, feminism, along with a multitude of other things in society, there's levels to it. Mm -hmm. And there's always an extremist group. Right. Versus those. So one woman's feminist movement and story may not be the next woman. Mm-hmm. So me personally, I don't mind questions and I don't mind explaining because when a person asks, they just genuinely don't know and are seeking enlightenment. I remember when I was working in retail years back and I was like, what was I was in the back with, no, I was the only black person <laughs> that worked at this store. And we were in the receiving area working and this white girl asked me something. They were talking about tanning. Mm-hmm. And so the girl went to ask me questions about my hair and tanning. And the other girl was like, oh my God, you can't ask her that. Why would you say that? She was embarrassed because she thought I was going to be upset. Mm-hmm. And I was like, actually, I don't mind asking questions because that's the only way you're going to learn. Right. You know, I don't mind. I'm not offended that she's asking. She's just genuinely curious. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for every woman but I can speak for myself, you know, and tell you. So to me, it's kind of the same thing where when it comes to certain feminists, they are just angry and bitter. And, you know, as far as the whole female thing, I didn't understand it in the beginning myself. I was like, but I am a female. I don't Mm -hmm. understand, you know. But then even I had to educate myself to understand where this is coming from. Because when it's used, female is used in a derogatory way. So I think that altogether, they just don't like the term because of how it's predominantly used toward them. So that's where that's coming from. Because it's always meant to be equivalent to bitch or something. So I was like, okay, I can understand that. But if it's not being used in that way toward me in that moment, I don't mind it. You know, because I'm... I mean, I still, I guess in some ways, would prefer a woman, lady, something like that. But I guess it all depends on just the type of woman you encounter. And I don't think it's fair, but Mm. I mean. So for the person that tends to handle things politically incorrect, what word do we put in place of bitch since we can't call you a bitch? But that's how you may be acting. The characteristics and what we believe a bitch to be. The you know. Well, I mean, if you're going to refer to her as a bitch, you might as well just say bitch because you're not trying to be polite in that way. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So you're not really focusing on being. Right, right. So, I mean, just use it. But what I would say is I can't just me function as a person because it seems like the way that constructs are today versus how they were, you know, just a few years ago. Life is just far so much more complicated with all these terms and right. you know political correctness and 
um, not wanting to offend this person and make that person happy. And it's like, you can't please everybody. And I'm not about to go crazy trying to make sure that, I mean, I will do my best and put forth effort to be as respectful as I can to every type of group. Mm. But sometimes do I think that people are just ultraly sensitive yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Right, right. Like, if you know that I mean no harm, there is a way to correct me, you know, without yeah. annihilating me. Yeah, bring it about, you know, so, a group of people. But yeah, everybody has their preferences, and it's just like you have to tailor it according to each individual person. Because I think there's a story for the men that's not being told to. You know, with this whole ideal love, the breadwinner, the um, the guy that paid all of the bills. Now, if we go back into history, times, and you know the the economics of things were so much different to where one income could actually function. You know, for a household. But the thing that I think women don't consider is the fact that that institution alone is a lot of stress that comes with that because here you are in a home you I mean in older days big families were like a lot more common and conducive like you know grandma could have 10 and 12 and 13 children and dad can still pretty much finance everything so, or try to, or at least as try best to as best he could. Mm-hmm. But here he is with, you know, living his life like everybody else does. You know, being liberated in his sexuality at this particular time, and he's having these children, and then he gets to a point where the stress becomes overwhelming. It's nobody to turn to right. in that household because the mother, of course, is raising all of these children, and mm-hmm. here she is tired of fucking with these kids, right? And she has nobody to turn to. So we think that ideally the structure of older days is supposed to work Mm -mm. for us in modern day. Whereas now here we are. Yeah, we making 14 and 15 dollars an hour. But the cost of living makes a big difference to how far that 15 to however much you make goes. Yeah. So now here's a man uncomfortable with saying something that should have been said in your grandparents day I can't deal with all of this on my own and then to take it even further biblically the woman was supposed to be a helpmate so now I can't even say I need help without it being looked at or frowned upon as me being less than what a man is and you attribute this same thing to men being trash when they miss they become misguided in their feelings and then they try to take the same advantages that they may be feeling like the person they're dealing with or the woman they're dealing with is actually doing themselves mm-hmm. so now we're pitting each other against each other because we don't want to hear a person saying i'm tired and i would like for you to be here to assist me in my part and then you in turn say, well, I could use some help mm-hmm. with my part. And we communicate to each other the needs that we all have. Realistically, it doesn't flow that way because if you both tired, y'all both irritated and y'all both frustrated. And you yeah. just don't know how you're going to help each other with what y'all need. Yeah, because I think like that that'll never like this example will never change the stupidity of another man going and creating a completely different family somewhere else but what I am saying is you know just understanding your feelings as a man back then could have made a lot of difference to the way that these new generations are growing up so you think that's why he went out and, and yeah I think that refuge was ultimately Refuge was probably the ultimate goal, mm-hmm. but some shit got fucked up on the way there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you probably didn't think, you know, oh, she was going to turn out pregnant or, you know, you probably just thought that this was just some fun shit to do and you ended up doing some stupid shit, you know, but 
nonetheless, like, you know, not even advocating that part, but just saying, like, if men had been comfortable enough to say, Mm -hmm. you know, I need help or men being able to understand that maybe if certain things were in place for women to be of more activity, Mm -hmm. of more, you know, more agilities and you know just different things being in place for them to be a little bit more effective in their own regards then maybe things would be different but because we're stuck with like treating them like they're just one of the kids mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like you just another motherfucker I'm taking care of like maybe if things were in place you know in those days the outcome of this this body of people that we hear saying, oh, well, you ain't, and then we rebuttaling the same, would be ultimately different. You know, I don't think that there was a, a space mm-hmm. created for our elders to no. be as liberated and as free-spirited and free-thinking as we are today. And because they didn't have it, here we are not even knowing how to communicate. You know, we don't want to look like we're weak to say that this money don't stretch this far. Absolutely, because all they're doing is passing down what they were taught. Yeah. Because they were taught to just deal with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know. So here it is, misogyny and patriarchy and, you know, gender inequalities are generational curses. Right. Now, what I think, if there's, let me not say, oh. Women today, in my opinion, that are still trying to not work and looking to be taken care of, when you know the person you with is not making six figures, hell, he barely making four. Right. Why are you not trying to work to help your family out? Because I think then, when we're talking about back in our grandparents, the grandparents' grandparents' day, women weren't really able to have jobs right right not like how we do now Mm -hmm. and so when you're in a position to help and both contribute to this household why wouldn't you want to i think it social media got people fucked up in my opinion yeah because you watch tv and i know of of a couple more than a couple actually of young women who have expressed not wanting to work and wanting to be taken care of. Well, you ain't married to no mm. athlete, doctor, lawyer, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, that's an unrealistic yeah. goal. It is. I, but I think it's it's the same attribute to that ideal of living vicariously through somebody mm-hmm. versus like accepting your realities because... I will agree to some extent um, it has to be a difficult thing to not have the rights as you see, you know, men, Mm -hmm. you know, having. And then on top of the fact of not having the rights or the ability, they have the nerve to be fucking cheating on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, they feel like because of what they do and your limitations to it, it gives them free reign over you as a person. I totally understand, you know, the reason for, you know, women feeling like it's somewhat due to them mm-hmm. that they shouldn't have to work for what they've been through. But that will only be if you've been through that, that I can understand that. You're right. You know what I'm saying? But um, in these times, it's just not, it's just not conducive to believe that we don't need each other. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to believe that it's okay for you to turn your brother or sister into your enemy. You know? I so. think that more and more conversations are really starting to take place. Now, as far as how people are really applying those conversations into real life, I don't know. But I see more and more conversations about... Um, allowing men to be emotional and more in touch with their feminine feminine side and mm-hmm. acknowledging that they need to be expressive more and humanizing them. Right. Y'all not robots or drones and just 
right. functioning, you all are people with emotions, living beings, and you need to be able to express yourselves the same way that women do, you know? Yeah. So I think more and more of those conversations are taking place, and the more we talk about that and mental health and how it affects people, right? you know, I think that those should um, really be genuinely applied into real life and humanizing both sides. There was a, um, I had an experience not too long ago where I was on my lunch break and I went to a, a diner downtown and, you know, it was a line of people because this is like the lunch hour for the entire, you know, area. Mm-hmm. So the line is, of course, like extremely long, but, you know, they've conditioned their employees to you know, maneuver in those times. So even though the line is long, you won't be in line that long. So um, it was three girls and it was a gay guy together. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they were like directly in front of me. And then there was like two other men and, you know, a couple of other people behind me. Mm-hmm. And so the the cashier that was ringing up the orders was like a teenage girl and you know you can almost tell by like just her like overall being that she you know was probably this was like her first job mm-hmm. you know she she was way more excited than <laughs> right. you know the other employees and she was trying to overcompensate her performance to make sure that she was just doing the perfect job so um the three females went ahead of the guy with placing their orders and the girl took their orders. It was no issue. But when the guy went to place his order, somehow, some way, she tried to, you know, expedite the process of them getting their food. And when she went to go prepare the guy's food, she realized that something that he ordered had just ran out. So she was going to give him something in its place, Mm -hmm. you know, just to get him, you know, out of the line, you know, fast enough for him to get back to wherever he was headed. So she was like, sir, we don't have this, but we have this instead. Would you, you know, accept this for what's missing in your order? And the guy was like, bitch, what did I order? Whoa. Right. And, you know, he with three women. And here are three women standing here watching this man disrespect another young lady. Right. And so um, it just burned me that he did that. And then, you know, nobody around the situation, especially the three people that he was with, said anything. Like, it was uncalled for. So I said, like, that was really uncalled for. You know, she's obviously... A kid. Why would you even address her like that? And she's trying to be accommodating to you. So the guy behind me then interjects in the issue and he say, see, that's what's wrong with these faggots. Mm. Right? And here There's I am. There's so many wrongs in this There's inter- so many wrongs in this. <laughs> mm. Right? And he like, that's what's wrong with these faggots. They think because they are associated with women Mm -hmm. that it's okay for them to use these terms because they're accepted in this sisterhood of feminism and we don't hold them accountable and it just began to be problematic Mm. like just ripping at the seams and so when the guy called the gay guy a faggot that's when the three girls jumped in Mm. they didn't say anything when he assaulted that girl. When he insulted the girl. See, and it's like, sometimes that's how I feel about, like, feminism. You know, when these things happen and men get mistreated, it's Well, that's just like the whole Terry Crews thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Here he is. He's a victim, too. But... Because he's buff. Because he's buff. He's... It's like, how did you let this man do you like this? Why would you do something? Like, you don't get to really understand the validity of certain things, you know? And so, just seeing that, you know, 
I didn't really know how to feel about it because I took offense to. That wasn't feminist right there. That was just disrespect and rude. Yeah. Rudeness all around. That's just a nasty individual. You didn't need to address that girl like that. Right. And simply because, I mean, yes, you ordered that, but you can't make that shit magically appear. Right. So if you're not satisfied, just go and find something somewhere else. But insulting her is not going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me when I said, like, that was totally uncalled for. He looked at me like, bitch, who you talking to? You know what I'm saying? So I think because he's used to these conversations and these interactions with his inner circle. Mm -hmm. But then again, you know, I hear so many feminist women saying like, call it out when it happens versus letting it, you know, continue and transpire. But this was the perfect time for you to say, like, I know that we treat you a certain type of way when we together, but this wasn't cool. You know what I'm saying? When I say that's not, has nothing to do with feminism because I think that people who gravitate toward a feminist standpoint or feminist being part of a feminist movement, it takes them to have experienced something to just because you are a woman does not mean that you identify with being a feminist. Right, right. So I don't want to put that on them, mm-hmm. but I get what you're saying as far as why you're not checking him for disrespecting another woman. Right. But not everybody lives by that code. Right, right. You don't know where they come from, how they grew up, how they interact with each other. That's probably normal to them. Get that bitch. You know, they probably, you right, get your shit. Mm-hmm. So, I don't want to put that feminist shit on them because clearly they right. don't identify with that. And right. like I said, every person's feminist movement is different. You know, that's just some off-brand shit right there. And I was just complete disrespectfulness that was uncalled for. Yeah. There was no reason to talk to anybody that way. And the fact that what I don't like is when people think that just because you a customer, you can talk to anybody any type mm-hmm. of way. Now you done sat up here and called her a bitch, and now they're going to probably fuck up your food. Yeah, right. I mean, not guaranteed, but why would you want to take that risk to do that? And the thing that I noticed about the situation was, like, right as the gentleman behind me kind of took the conversation to the far left, mm-hmm. you know, and he like, you know, calling them faggots and whatever. I was offended with that too. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Because one wrong don't make another. another I mean, right. two wrongs don't make a right. Right. So I understand you trying to say you wrong, but at the end of the day, calling him a faggot, that's another derogatory right. term that right. was just used. So, so the young ladies like instantly got on his ass like don't be calling my friend no faggot and now they're giving their mm-hmm. you know political stance right and because they the insulted word, your friend because they're they're insulting your friend you know and I was just standing here like this is just fucked up all around so I'm like look I don't even want them to eat here right you know what I'm saying like and I think that that attitude of just fleeing the scene is a coping mechanism that a lot of people take. Mm -hmm. Like, instead of trying to understand what you feel like you may never understand because it's getting too tedious and sometimes it's ultimately a little bit more meticulous. Mm -hmm. You know, depending on the, the different stages that we get to or the different developments within it it becomes difficult to understand and so people just don't give a fuck like look I don't care you know and I'm like well damn like do I ever want to be in one of these positions again of not necessarily knowing how to conduct myself in a overwhelmingly you know problematic situation such as that one because just because the females jumped on my man for saying it, I still could have said something to him too. Like, bro, that's still not the way either. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you just be caught in trying to figure this whole thing out. I think that, yes, but at the same time, how receptive are they going to be to it in that moment? Because everybody's... The only way to get people to really be receptive to what you're saying is when people are like willing to listen Mm -hmm. everybody is so 
fueled on frustration, anger, hunger. Mm-hmm. What nobody gonna listen to nothing that each has right. sight in that moment. But if there's an opportunity to come back and readdress it, I mean, you can say what you're going to say in that moment, but it was going to go through one ear and not the other. You might as well be talking to a brick wall. So it's only so much that you can do, but I can understand the feeling of feeling like I could have said or done something. And yes, that is something that a lot of people do when you don't want to deal with something. You just back away from it and be like, I don't want to deal with this right now. That's just too much. So like going forward with, um, with not necessarily having a complete understanding, but wanting to encourage a um, a more a more what's the word? I want to be a little bit more understanding to the the struggles of how women are taking the dealings that they're having mm-hmm. with men. Not necessarily like trying to fix it all because I don't think that that would even make sense to take on that responsibility, but just to be a little bit more understanding going forward. I'm stuck with trying to figure out for myself like if I do better by you is that what's going to make you treat me better? Not always, unless they're very, see, when a woman is already in her, and this is not for everybody, but I think that that's no, doing right by somebody is not a guarantee of them doing right by you. And I know that firsthand. Mm -hmm. So you can do all things perfect, but if that person doesn't have it in them to care enough to want to do right by you, they're just not. Because it has to be something in you that says, this person is very deserving. They have been this, this, and this, and they've been patient, and this and that, and I want to do and be better, not just for them, but for myself. And not everybody functions that way. So I wouldn't even continue to waste, I'm not saying just say you ain't worth the time, but don't invest so much. We talked about whoring yourself out. (laughs) Don't keep doing these things expecting somebody to change their behaviors Mm -hmm. because I mean you can let them know that's not cool and that's not okay and I do this and this and this for you but if they're not going to do any better and treat you any better it's it's, it's no point yeah because I just feel like we're going to be like unnecessarily stuck and like that's a conversation in itself like just being unnecessarily stuck Mm -hmm. with you know these ideals that aren't helping us to become closer to one another that ideal of living vicariously through bitter people and having a a very jaded perspective on how to get results from the complaints you have and I just think that it's not going to be productive for a long time. And I want to be, you know, mindful, Mm -hmm. of course, of the way that I'm, you know, wording things and, you know, but I don't want to be constantly picked apart all the time either. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if I do say something that may come off as being, you know, relative to a certain level of disrespect, I just want you to keep in mind that these things are commonplace in other places so Mm -hmm. you have to like know that like it's not the intent of every person to be offensive so at least be like considerate of that not necessarily saying that you have to accept it but Mm -hmm. you know be considerate of that because you know a lot of us used to say faggot and it didn't have anything to do with being gay Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we used to just say that, you know, in general, just to reference certain things that we didn't like, not realizing that the origin of what we were saying, you know, that's where it came from. But that's what it was a lot. That's what it correlated with being. Mm -hmm. So you have a you have a person who may have been saying this for you know, a pretty lengthy part of their lives. And it's going to take a while for a lot of these guys to remove that from their their vocabulary, you know, so. 
Are there any other things that you feel like um, you've experienced from women that they should um, reconsider or do away with? Yeah, I think that I think that because men have men are supposed to be gentlemen, that it makes it okay for men to be used. Mm-hmm. Um, men are supposed to court women, of course supposed to you know do certain things in respect for you know women being who and what they are and I sometimes feel like we get taken for granted for those very things like it it really bothers me at the most simplistic stuff that women take for granted like if a guy holds a door open for you and you don't say thank you Mm. like it's those small things that you take for granted you know what I'm saying? And then it's like, you know you don't like him, but since he offered you dinner, it's okay to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then... Because you just want the dinner. You just wanted the meal. Like, women don't own that type of shit. You know, because it's like, well, he was going to pay for the day anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it becomes that ideal that because things are set up and in place that it doesn't hold you to a certain level of accountability or standard you know so here you are you're carrying a certain type of character within the actions that you project and then in the end of all of this stuff that this guy did for you to show you that he was genuinely interested he wanted to pursue you he wanted to get to know you you developed a character trait in his mind where he'll identify every time he's being used with you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so even if he dated you 10 years ago, when the chick 10 years later does the same thing, he associates that with you. You started that trend for him. You started this pattern. For him, And this could be the same thing with the whole men are trash mm-hmm. conversation. Where it is. This is the vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. Like I say, when each each side, and I don't know why we don't think about it that way, but men have their own bad experiences in dating. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that it's acceptable for them to treat women the way they do, but it's not acceptable for women to treat the men the, mm-hmm. the way that they do either. So it's just a vicious cycle of hurt people hurting people. another person. Right. So both of y'all over here being foul toward one another... Cause you don't know how it's mm-hmm. to, you know. And we and we so easy, we so easily believe that our good intentions are equivalent to the merits and the actions that we've actually taken. And for women, in my opinion, a guy will come, a guy will come to the table with ninety percent of what you consider to be a good guy. But the 10% that actually makes the difference, it kind of puts you in this position to where you're inconsiderate to even how you reject them. You know, like those people who will say like, I'm so sick of being mistreated by, or I'm so sick of being misused. Mm -hmm. And I'm so sick of, I'm so sick of, I'm so sick of. And then you find this guy that treats you like a queen, but he's short. He's not the typical tall dude that you go for. Or, you know, he got a beer belly versus the six pack. And then it's like you almost treat him like that thing that you just don't like within your preferences makes him not qualified. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's hurtful to like... How do we even get in conversation if you weren't interested in what I had to bring to the table? Like, be real with yourself because your preferences are not treating you right. Right. So here you are going to treat another person who has those traits that you're looking for less than because his body type is different or his personality. Those are all vanity issues. Yeah. So. I know a lot of guys who... So do you think a lot of women tend to be very vain? They can be, you know, but then again, that could come from everything 
being more or less catered ideally to the advantages of women when it comes to dating too. You know, because for a guy, it's like, imagine what it feels like to have to date 20 people and they all be unsuccessful Mm -hmm. in the end result. You pretty much courted 20 people to no success. Mm -hmm. This doesn't get considered, you know, um, that's a countless number of meals that you provided. That's a countless number of destinations you've taken people to. And that's a countless number of impressions that you've had to make, all yielding you no success. And in this dating phase, it's like, make sure that she's interested. Make sure that she feels like you're paying her attention. Make sure that this, and it's like this checklist being provided for simply her. And this guy is supposed to live up to this standard. But if in fact he comes to the date and he does all these things and her phone keep going off, you know what I'm saying? Or she's not really being as considerate of you Mm -hmm. as you are to her. I feel like three, four dates in, if she ain't offering to to take one of the checks, Mm -hmm. I will feel used even in the, the earlier stages of the dating process. If like, she don't offer to at least pay one time? At least once. You know what I'm saying? Like, make make me feel like you appreciate what I'm doing because there's no other indications in this process. Like, how do... Because we've already made it clear that you will go on the date just to go right. if the circumstances permit. So, like, how do you communicate as a woman that I'm thoroughly enjoying you other than to do the same things he's doing for you. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this stuff is, it's just like so colonialized and so like it's a generational curse of everybody thinking that you're responsible for versus what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, And we'll always have these issues with men and women if we don't say, what is it that you need, you know? So experience needs to be more personalized than generalized. Yeah, exactly. Because too often times, based off of what we're saying, people are holding them against the standard of what they've experienced. It's almost like, I'm about to see how many of these errors you about to make just like the last person. Right, right. Instead of having a clean slate and allowing them and tailoring your experience to this person, letting them know mm-hmm. your expectation and allowing them to meet. Right. And that might be another issue too. How often do people acknowledge and inform a person of what their expectation is? It's that's in relationships that. and that's in when dating, all of that. We don't really talk about expectations, if ever, until a certain point. So even in a dating phase and getting to know somebody, you don't know what a person is looking for Mm -hmm. out of you or from you until you've disappointed them. Right, right. And you did not live up to that expectation. Right. And that's kind of not fair. But you know, for me, if in fact I do know what it is that you expect, it still don't mean I got to give it to you. So you have to Very also, true. That's why I say when you are, you have to let a person know up front. Right, right. Because now in the end, if they don't live up to it, then you're disappointed. And you feel like now I have all this time that's been wasted mm-hmm. because this person did not live up to what I wanted. Right. But never did you let them know what you were looking for in them until they failed to provide that to you. And then to flip the com- to flip that piece of the conversation... There's too many instances where you come to these tables of dating, mating, courting, partnership. You come to the table only expecting. And this this gets old too. Like sometimes you need to learn a different way to function mm-hmm. within your expectations, within your personal character qualities that you expect from another person. Like sometimes you need to learn a new way to ideally date. But if you come to the table thinking that the only thing that matters in the beginning stages 
is what you want out of the situation, then that could be the reason why you're failing. And then to know that a lot of things that people want a lot of time in the process of even choosing a date is some shit that you ain't going to get right away. No way. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? So, I mean, for me personally, like I said, I like to treat, I don't like to generalize. Mm -hmm. I've learned that about myself that, you know, when a lot of people tend to have red flags on someone or, you know, you tend to be like, oh, I don't know about that, but I don't let it deter me from getting to know somebody. Right. Because you can miss out on a good thing if you focus in too much on the red flags. Right. Not saying they don't matter, but sometimes you need to just get to know a person. Mm-hmm. You know, and just get to know them individually. Nobody's saying you got to run off and elope, but just having a conversation and getting to know somebody. I don't have too many expectations of anyone. I have certain standards, you know, but really, I just want to get to know people. Let's function as friends, have conversation. I don't know where it's going to go from here or what's going to come of it, but I don't mind getting to know you. And that's Mm -hmm. all. It really, I think people put too much pressure on themselves when they go into dating because you're trying to do too much too soon, too fast. Mm -hmm. But if you take the time to get to know somebody and take it from there, then you might have just a pretty decent experience. Mm -hmm. You know? Who cares if it's, you know, all of that vanity shit, height, all of that, I mean, those are bonuses. They really should be bonuses. But I know some people can't help it. You like what you like, and that's cool. But yeah. a person shouldn't totally be canceled out. Because what I found, there was once someone who I I didn't think he was attractive at all. But he was a very sweet person. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you want to be treated right? Or you want to be on the arm of somebody who look good, but who don't give you one ounce of respect? Right, yeah. Yeah. Because, I, you know, I, I, I suffer from that too. You know, just, um, with my shit. <laughs> because, you know, like, I grew up. Like, I grew up. And this is the funny thing. Um, I just learned this recently, right? Um, with being an open person mm-hmm. and um, having complete and open, you know, communication and access in my own relationship now. Mm-hmm. The other night, I take a lot of pictures and stuff like that. So, um, my lady was going through my phone mm-hmm. and she was going through the pictures mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm cool. I'm like, ain't nothing in there. No, nothing. I, you know, thought that ultimately she would see and take offense to, mm-hmm. but... What I didn't realize was that this is her looking into the current phone, but the same iCloud mm. password mm. has kind of transcended from okay. me being a single man versus me being right. in a committed relationship. And I didn't comb through the phone oh, to look at the shit that I was like either using for inspirations because here I am, I'm trying to create shirts mm-hmm. and I'm trying to do all these different things. So I got a lot of shit in there. And so the other night, she was like, um, after she went through a couple of the pictures, she was like, you got a thing for big butts? And I was like, nah, not really. Now, as a young nigga, <laughs> I did have like a small affinity for him, but I realized too, like the game had changed because the chicks with big butts wasn't the cleanest chicks. To be around. Damn, really? You know what I'm saying? So, like, the perception of it all was different. Okay. So, I'm like, no, nah, not really. You know, like, if it's a nice, you know, more or less catered to her body type mm-hmm. thing, then yeah, we can, you know, salute her and say, good job. But I'm not just like, damn, she got a fat ass. Mm-hmm. So, when she asked me, it was like, I answered it kind of like weird. Like, why would you ask me Because you didn't that? know where it was coming from. I didn't know that it was so many like asses and different pictures, like single man shit. Okay. And the phone still. So it hit me right then and there. And I'm like, damn, she must have like seen me okay. at my, you know, my level. 
of single man. But then again, I didn't really feel uncomfortable because I had already put on the table, I'm a nigga with a lust issue. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I had already said the shit that would have needed to have been said mm-hmm. so that I didn't have to give an answer for it. It was like, oh, I was just wondering, like, my nigga. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, damn, here you are, like, learning about yourself and learning how much as a person your taste will actually change because yeah. nobody that treated me right technically had a fat ass. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you realize that as you saying, like, these are just, like, vanities. These mm-hmm. are things that really don't make a difference to the treatment and the the receiving right. that you get. Those are the things that matter the most. Right. So I totally learned something in that moment of what you hold on to holds on to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you think for one minute that you're going to have someone, someone that doesn't lack something, then naturally you're going to always be lacking because you're Absolutely. going to you're going to wait so long for that person, that perfect person to show up that everybody perfect for you would have passed you by. So like you have to just accept people for being people first mm-hmm. and then work on how they can fit, you know, or become conducive. To your personality. There is no such thing as perfection. At all. There is no perfect person. I actually like flaws. Because that makes you human. Yeah, that's real. I do. I mean, any person that tries to present themselves in one way or another to be perfect. Right. It drives me crazy. And I Because just, I don't want to. How do you stand next to and... And be with someone who deems themselves to be perfect. I ain't about to deal with that. No. So, no, no. be flawed. I, that's fine. I have my own flaws. That's that's what makes you human. Yeah. I mean, I I think that like I'm becoming more comfortable with even accepting that I have them too. Yeah. You know, but um, everybody does. But like I, I'm really grateful, you know. Um, you know, give my you know my little boo thing a little shout out or whatever. <laughs> I'm really grateful for like you know the level of conversation that me and her have because every girl that was you know in my DM or every chick that I messed around with, mm-hmm. like she knows everything, like mm-hmm. from from now all the way back to. You know, my daughter's mother. Like, she mm-hmm. literally knows everything about everybody. And oh, that's good that you all can be nev- open like that. Yeah. That's a good thing. It's never, never been like, oh, Because not, not many people can handle those type of truths. Right. You know, some people will ask you to be open and truthful. And when you are, they get mad like they knew you at that time. Yeah. Like, you know there was people that existed before you. Right? And we, I mean, and we talk, talk. Like, you know, I know about... All of the bum ass niggas she done yeah. been with, you know, and and it don't be like if we ever ran into these people in public, it's mm-hmm. gonna be like a problem. Why the fuck is this nigga? Right. You know, like none of that. It's just you to get, understand a person's past right. better. That's all it is. You know, you know to get man. closer to somebody. And she kept it real. Like always told me, like, man, this nigga, you know, thoroughly used me. This nigga did this, and I had this relationship with that one. You know, like kept it real so like i don't have no reason to not say like look i like this little bitch over here and that's how i feel because mm-hmm. i done told you everything like everything so it's no reason for me to cheat it's no reason for me to lie because mm-hmm. the most despicable shit that i've done has already been put on the table mm-hmm. you know and i think that like to kind of go back to what we initially started talking about with, you know, things that women do that they don't necessarily own when it comes to men. Mm-hmm. You got to give men the space to develop the comfort to tell you what they need and how they feel. And, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we're we coming from a systemic issue and generational curse where we don't own 
the idea of having feelings. So it's a battle between wanting to speak and feeling comfortable in that space to speak. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like he wants that. he he wants to be he wants to be heard. He wants to be felt. He mm-hmm. wants to be cared for. He wants everything that tends to be what women want. Right. Like he wants those nurtured. Options. Yeah. Appreciated. But it's like two walls. It's like once you get past the first wall of just accepting that you're a man, on the other side of that wall is another wall of a woman saying, well, what makes you think it's okay for you to do that? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like what makes it, what makes it reasonable to have you tell me how you feel for all of what y'all been doing to us or for all of what, you know, I'm sorry, this just made me think. I remember I was like 19 at the time, 1920. And I remember I was dating this guy who was about, he was a couple years older than me. And he was just so sensitive. And I'm like, what the fuck? And <laughs> I remember um, he knew, and I was very upfront, honest, you know, before we were officially a couple. I told him about, um, I wasn't quite, I told him, I think at that moment, I wasn't ready to really be in a relationship because there was somebody else that I still liked and had mm-hmm. feelings for. And somehow, I don't know how we ended up in a relationship. I really think that was on some rebound shit with me because mm-hmm. I really didn't. I mean, he was nice, but I wasn't feeling him completely. And so one day we were sitting in a car and a guy that I liked ended up calling me. And next thing I know, I was just like, yeah, that was him. But I didn't answer it. And he's just like, that was him, huh? And I was like, yeah, it was. And next thing I know, I hear all this sniffling. And I look over like, you crying? Him (laughs) downstairs. Are you crying? Like, I'm talking. He's sniffling. A tear rolled down his eye. And then he was just like, do you mind if I put the CD in? I'm like, okay, go ahead. It's some old sad ass shit. And he's sitting here like really having a moment because of this phone call that I got that I did not take. And he sat up here. And I was sitting here and I'm like, I can't believe this shit happening. And he just, like, cried and listened to a song. And then he was like, I'm about to go for a walk. It was raining. Wow. I was just like, all right, I'll talk to you later. Wow. And he went out for a walk. And I'm like, I can't handle this. Him downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, in a way, I was I felt kind of guilty and I felt bad because I'm like, maybe I didn't have to react like that toward him because he was having a a moment and I could have been more understanding but I was just like why are you crying about that Mm. I don't know man I mean it was really see (laughs) that's something that I don't really understand because my way of thinking now is that like even when you say boyfriend or girlfriend that just means you're exclusively dating Right. It doesn't mean that we're not going to feel other people. We're not going to like certain things. It right. just means that for this allotted time of life, right, this is just who we're focused on. And even though I still like the person, but that person was not entertaining me. Right. And it would be different if I said, oh, okay, um, I got to go. I got to catch up with you later. I got to go see what's happening with my mans over here. I would never do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? I didn't take the call, not because I felt like I couldn't, but I'm here with you. Right. I could deal with that later. You know what I'm saying? I would never. But I don't, you know, I've always felt like, too, with certain people, there's this idea that in dating, it once you get the opportunity to date, can't nobody else show up. Right. Can't nobody else, like, infiltrate the space. And it's just not realistic. Like, sometimes I feel like for men and women, we need to know, like, who's better suited mm-hmm. for me, for where I am, and my feelings, and in my life. 
And dating another person is not an indication that you are inferior. It's just that you're not the only one, you know? So right. with all, you know, with all intents to be respectful, like, I mean, I'll definitely try my hardest to keep this information from you, but my nigga or baby girl, <laughs> nigga, you not it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you not just the only thing I'm fucking with. Like, and I don't expect for me to be the only nigga that you fucking with. If you looking for something ultimately better for you, you know, so get over that bullshit. But I just think that overall for men and women, we just got to understand that the narrative makes a big difference to the outcome, you yes. know, and it's cool to say a few niggas is garbage because we know that. Yeah, absolutely. But you have to personalize it. Personalize instead of generalizing. Don't generalize. I don't like to say men are trash. I like to say this so-and-so is trash right. or even I also have a belief that even good men do trash things. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I'll say. You're not a trash person, but that action was trash as fuck. Yeah. You know, and call it out so they can know to do better. But I never like to generalize and just say, oh, men are trash because that's not true. And it's not realistic by far at all. And I just, you know, instead of even going into giving you an adjective for who you are as a person, I just say we all could afford to do better. Mm hmm. You know, so. You, I mean, if you a person that, you know, feel like men are trash and you, you carrying this in your spirit sometimes, or it is a possibility, I'll say that it's a possibility that you are the trash can because you holding all that shit in. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. you internalizing that shit. So you are the transporter of the garbage. You, you carrying all of the energy you carrying all of the burden like I mean you became the dumpster and time to empty that it's shit time out. to empty that shit out you know so I hope this didn't offend but I hope it did if it was meant you know but like we just gotta stop dogging each other out you know so true 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 damn um Another episode of our two cents. I mean, hey, this is what we in this shit for. So <laughs> we didn't really plan this conversation, but we just pressed record and this free what fall. came out. Uh, yeah, free falling into who we supposed to be. The bearers of bad news when it's necessary. <laughs> Get your shit together. <laughs> hey, we'll see y'all niggas in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Hope y'all ain't mad when we come back, shit. <laughs> <laughs>